this is something that I, I enjoy, but I but I believe in living in an examined life, and that extends to to systemic for me. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. James, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm very self-conscious about being here. Uh, one, because I haven't, you know, uh, due to COVID, yeah. I haven't trained very much, and I also um, hurt myself. Um, oh, really? Doing things. Well, nothing, uh, you know, I just took up um, extra versions of exercise to try and like, because you miss Sistema, you miss the, the physicality of it. Yeah. So I took I took up the Olympic rings in my garage. And, oh, I've been uh, doing that as well, funny enough. That's weird. I put some of those up right, right at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, and in, in typical fashion, I overdid it. Uh, and so I just, I have a, uh, I have a tendency to... Uh, to hurt my back so uh, anyway it's healing and whatnot but either way it's just i feel i feel disconnected from the practice of systema right now and so it feels strange to be talking, talking about, it. about it on a podcast with so many authoritative individuals who are you know routinely practicing even right now sure um, yeah but i mean yeah i mean we have a range of people on here everybody from people who have only been training for a couple of years to people who've been training for you know decades and teach and you're somewhere in the middle right so it's um so you're a you're a valid voice everybody's a valid voice on this yeah that's fair yeah i don't feel uh invalid i just feel um like i'm not doing the work uh and and then we're going to be talking about doing the work so sure anyway i just want to put put that out there yeah yeah so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and we're talking mostly today um because You've uh, written a book about Sistema. Um, I'm not sure how widely it's been publicized, actually. I don't know if that's by intent or not, whether you actually want it to reach a large audience or you wanted to uh, just write the book almost for yourself and then just sort of see what people thought. But we can get into that a little bit later on. But can you tell us just a little bit about your background? You're a Sistema student or instructor, and I, I know you're based in, um, in Ontario. We've met maybe once or twice, I think, at Fight Club. Um, I'm yeah. only up there about once a year, and it's um, and I didn't go up last year, this year obviously. So, um, but we've met, met a couple of times on the map, but never really had a, a chance to uh, talk at any length. Um, so, can you tell folks a bit about yourself and how you found System? Yeah. Um, oh, it's one of those things. You know, people like, how did you come to System? And like, there's so many reasons you end up doing things in life. Um, I guess. So, I started with. Uh, um, well, I didn't start with a manual at Fight Club. My first experience with Sistema was at um, at, at Vlad's uh, club. HQ. I did, I did, yeah, yeah, HQ. I, I did, I did two classes there. But how I got there was a little strange. Like I, I was, it was about 2006, and I was thinking about martial arts. You know, I wrestled a little bit in high school, and yeah. I had read about the virtues of movement in cognitive development. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I, early on, I was, I've been thinking about like, how, how can I age gracefully? I don't know. Maybe it was a little morbid for me to think about it, uh, at the age of 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, you know, and I was like, I, I want something physical and I want something that's beneficial to me in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was, I was flipping around with maybe doing Aikido mm-hmm. and I happened to just say that out loud in a coffee shop. And I kid you not, a voice from across the coffee shop was like, have you considered Sistema? <laughs> uh, and, and I was like, no, I don't, I don't even know what that is. And so he came over and, and I guess the guy's girlfriend was doing private lessons with 
um, at HQ. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he told, you know, I think the Bourne Identity movies were coming out at the time. And I was really excited about that kind of action. Sure. So there's, you know, there's the the world of entertainment, martial arts in my mind as well at that time. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll te- they'll teach you how to fight with a newspaper. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> so, so I watched the advertisement on YouTube. And um, yeah, I, you know, I don't even know if the advertisement exists anymore. Sometimes I go looking for it just out of nostalgia yeah. on YouTube. Anyway, uh, the people were doing flips and sticks and punches. And I was like, okay, that looks that looks like something I could get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I went over there, and I just got the crap kicked out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the yeah. two class, it was, I had like the first class. I had to stop and drink some orange juice. It was very embarrassing, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a morning class. And I, I remember the twins being there, and like a lot of people that you see in the old videos, the old like uh, like the, the, the I gather that the school's changed quite a bit since 2006 uh, in terms of composition. But I, I remember faces from videos. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it was a little. It was a little intense and far. Actually, the intensity wasn't the problem. I was into that. That was cool. Hmm. But it was still a little far for me um, and down the street, essentially. Hmm. Um, a, a shorter drive uh, or ride in the subway was uh, a manuals fight club school. So you live down near the down near the lake, like down that way near the beaches? Or? Well, just in the... Um, uh, just in the downtown core. I, I okay, live gotcha. now. I, now I literally live like two minutes <laughs> from Fight Club. Right, uh, but, but far enough no, from but, Richmond, Richmond Hill that it's a, a pain in the ass run of traffic on the Don like, Valley Parkway. Yeah, right? <laughs> and I'm and, and I'm embarrassed to say that with people, so many people coming like from all over the world to Vlad's school. You know, like yeah, to to go to the the Shaolin Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, that's you know, subway rides too hard. Um, <laughs> and so I I ended up at um, at Fight Club. Uh, and uh, working with a manual, and you know everybody knows who listens to this knows uh, what a manual's like and, and how good a teacher he is. Yeah. And I was really taken with the whole experience, and and I never left. Mm. Um, and I and I'd been training there uh, with varying degrees of intensity, let's say. Yeah. Um, and regularity of, over the you know since that time. Gotcha, gotcha. And and did you um have you are you do you teach at Emmanuel School? Do you lead classes there and stuff? I have from time to time. Okay. Um, it it um, but uh, but not like an official instructor capacity. You just kind of you've, yeah yeah as a like I, senior was, student who's been there for a long time and knows a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so, you know, and sometimes he just you know if he needs some help, uh, like all of a sudden family crisis, you know, sure, James can just step in. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, there was a period where I had wanted to be an instructor. Yeah. And then and then those feelings faded and now no longer exist. I, see, I find um, it funny talking to people who live up in Toronto. You know, I mean, when I started, there was like one other in well, when, when I started I was in London, actually. But um, when I moved here to North Carolina, there was only one other instructor in North Carolina, Mark Jacobson. He's he's since moved. And he was in Charlotte, which is you know two and a half hours away, other side of the um, the the state to me. So uh, so I started a group um, like here in Raleigh, in Durham, North Carolina, and I was the only one. So it's kind of a no brainer that I would go the instructor route and try to get you know official certification so that I could lead the group officially in a way. But when you talk to people up in um, Toronto, you know there's so many. You have Emmanuel School there, and you have like Vlad School, and then the twins are teaching outside of town, and you have Frank Arias in the Greater Toronto area, and there's so many great 
instructors and people there already that the um the demand for instructors is less you know there's people at hq who aren't instructors who are just phenomenal and way above instru- you know well into instructor level you know but it's a, it's a but there's a different scale depending on the demand i guess supply and demand i think that plays into it as well like i would feel very foolish um hmm. like i if i were to ever uh, you know become or or want to instruct it would be within one of the existing schools yeah um you know i'd never in this market as you've said you know branching out yeah i'm not sure what the point would be <laughs> sure. gotcha. yeah that's yeah. good that's good to know some people just look at it as a badge of honor right they're like well i've been here for a while so i should be a black belt you know <laughs> but it's it's a different I, calling I, in system i think so. <laughs> yeah um and, yeah. and this will maybe like i just don't want that t-shirt you know, yeah. like that's that's just I don't need that. That's not important to me. Sure. And, uh, and then yeah. so and then you you're a student of uh, history primarily as well. I've read, you have a PhD in history from Queen's University. Is that right? Yeah, I uh, I studied because I wanted to be rich and famous. I, I went into history. <laughs> right. I studied I studied the Italian Renaissance um, and uh, specifically the the history of what it meant to know and, and this is connected to my systema practice sure uh, I, I, I want as with all things in my life I try to merge it all like all my interest into one thing and find projects that allow me to to grow in in all the ways that I, I find interesting yeah and so I was like if if know thyself or know yourself is is the central maxim of systema then then what does the history of that concept look like? Um, how is it practiced? How is it thought about? Because yeah. to know yourself is not, you know, it's a practice. Mm. Um, and uh, and so I, I studied that concept in the um, in the Neoplatonic theological writings of of a fellow named Marsilio Ficino, who um, uh, he he was a um, one of the first individuals to translate the complete Platonic works and, and Neoplatonic works from Greek into Latin in about the 15th century. Gotcha. Yeah, and you, you talk about that at the beginning of the book. So, um, so the, the book you've written is called uh, "Meditations on a Russian Martial Art," and it seems to kind of run the gamut from um, just kind of looking at Systema kind of objectively or impassively and pulling apart different aspects of its character and imparts its laudatory and imparts its kind of deeply critical. So, there's kind of like the the whole scope of things um, throughout it. But you open up with the discussion of um, that how your your goal it seemed in the book was to understand um, the style through looking at it objectively and in doing so understand your reasons for training it and maybe kind of understand or resolve some things that were going on in your head while you were training at the same time to go through. Can you give us any more background on what inspired you to, to write the book? What, who did you feel like the book was for and, and what did you hope that it would actually do? It is primarily for myself. You're, you're not wrong about that. And yeah. getting back to your question of, of, advertisement you know and another thing that makes me feel self-conscious about this interview is because i feel like i'm on a press junket and <laughs> it's not, it, like it's not what i want from from this book like it's sure. um so to clarify everybody i get no kickbacks for bringing james on the show it's all good <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> oh yeah well <laughs> it's not a commission-based thing i'm not flogging the book I'm we're try, just talking about I'm it okay. to figure out what to do with my royalties though i don't know <laughs> um uh anyway the so there are four types of systema book i think um there's the laudatory books the ones that that are are you know just say the good things about systema Mm -hmm. and those books are great those you know that i'm i i would not have practiced systema for as long as i have if i didn't love it yeah um and then there are the books actually let's say types of expression about systema not books yeah uh then there's the bullshito forums 
Yeah. Um, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like the people on the internet yeah. who are like, this is all garbage and fake and so on. Yeah. Um, and then there are the instruction books that just offer instruction, you know, f- on, on how to perform Systema. Yeah. And then there's the, then there are the books or, or expressions that try to steal the instructions of Systema and, and uh, to, they're not very common. Don't get me wrong, but they they do exist. You know, people who study with uh, uh, at HQ and and then reason that they've attained a level of mastery that they too can express those teachings. So they kind of split um, off, make their own style, and then kind of pass them off half as their own, or or that they you know claim a level of understanding and expertise that probably they can't justify. Uh, yeah, that's my perception at any rate. I don't know yeah. these individuals. Sure, yeah. Um, and and my book, you know, I, I wanted to say the good things and I wanted to say the bad things. I wanted a critical introduction. Like, I hear what people are, like, nothing's perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I've lived with this as um, a, a way of life for a good while, and, and I have needs that it doesn't fulfill. Okay. And And I wanted to give expression to that. Uh, in in a fair manner, uh, or at least try to give expression to that in a, in a manner that, that was fair to the material. Okay, so you feel like it it met a gap between the extremely laudatory and the extremely critical. You wanted to offer something to to somebody who thought like you maybe, and who would who would wade in and wouldn't maybe resonate with the um with the fully laudatory thing because they can see that there were issues or inconsistencies or something and so you didn't want somebody to read the laudatory stuff and then get turned off because they're like this isn't exactly what's being advertised on the packet and on the flip side you didn't um, want the criticisms to go unaddressed something like that you want to write something in the middle yeah i suppose so but i don't um i don't care if anyone practices systema hmm. um like the, the the book is not meant to uh again it's it was primarily for myself but if anyone is interested in following me in my journey, uh, yeah. my meditation, um, and they get anything out of it, great. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I felt a need to speak. Okay. Um, like this, this is my so maybe this is me. This is me wanting to be an instructor. Maybe that's what this is an expression of. Um, uh, you know, c- contrary to to what I said no more than ten minutes ago. Okay. Um, but I but at the same time I don't want. Like it's everybody can do whatever they want, you know, it's and and this is something that I I enjoy. But I but I believe in living an examined life Mm -hmm. and and that goes uh, to and that extends to to Sistema for me. Hi, folks. Glenn here. As Sistema for Life approaches its 100th episode, I'd like to take a minute to thank everyone who has contributed to the show all our listeners, and to everyone who's offered requests, encouragement, and feedback along the way. I also need to ask a quick favor. We have already enjoyed two years of high-quality interviews, insights, and ideas on Systema for Life. We'd like to keep the show going, and we want to keep it open to all, but we need your help to do it. It takes time, effort, and more than little cash to produce a podcast, more than two grand a year at current hosting and production rates. We have no paid advertising, and we do it all off our own backs with help from listeners and generous supporters like you. So if you're a fan of Systema for Life and you get real value from the ideas and the conversations we create, then please take a few minutes now to subscribe at www.ncsystema.com support. Support at whatever level you feel like you can afford. 
Even $3 or $5 a month is a help. Think of it as buying us a beer or a cup of coffee once a month for our travels. So visit ncsystema.com support and use the buttons on the page to select your preferred monthly or annual support level. You'll receive a confirmation on sign up and you can cancel at any time. Okay, gotcha. So, um, so it opens up. I actually really liked the um, the, one of the first few chapters that talks a bit about history and traditions. Um, I thought that was really interesting because, um, something there's definitely, as you point out in the book, kind of a dearth of coherent or connected accounts of where Systema came from and what it is. You know, on the one hand, you have this perception of Systema as, and certainly at, at the time when I started, the perception was that it was a like a post Cold War art born out of a military tradition. Um, you know, perfected and tested by Soviet biomechanicists and removing everything that's unnecessary and using lots of, you know, complex physics and interesting things in order to make the system, which is very, very efficient and is like more real, more adaptable than the traditional martial arts you might see kicking around in the market. That was the kind of the way that it was sold when I was first starting, right? And in contrast, the traditional pajama wearing martial arts of which i did many so i'm not denigrating those right and i think yeah. i think they both have a role um, but that was certainly the advertising and then you pointed out that over time that's kind of changed a little bit and now there's this um, perception or presentation of systema as like an ancient russian martial art one born of deep traditions um in <laughs> orthodox christianity and in like old cossack practices and things like that and that it's that it's at least medieval in origin if not a bit before right so so you have these two kind of contrasting views and in the book in a sense you one of the chapters you're asking how ancient is it versus how modern and military is it is it you know does it have the ancient roots where do those come from and where do the modern military bits come from um and i, I believe the, a quote from that chapter which i, I quite liked is if systema is born of medieval russia it's also a way of life born in response to the modern uh, politics and shifting conditions of Russia as well. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah, um, I don't. I don't want to talk too much. You know, like obviously, I had to, I had to write a whole ch two chapters on the subject. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but um, okay, so what is it? Is a common feature, and and so among scholars who study the martial arts. Um, which, which is a sort of a field that I'm, I'm now diving into more deeply and, mm. and ought to have prior to, to writing. But I mean, I, I had already written, I just read so much. I, I just had so many things. I had to put it on the page and move forward. Yeah. But the um, many, many martial arts practices of, of the present day have, you know, they don't really, they have... Um, how do I want to say this? Like that people have been punching for a real long time yeah. and they've been wrestling, you know, and, and martial uh, uh, activities have been uh, trained and, and inculcated over the centuries. Like that's not up for debate. Yeah. What is the case, though, is that many uh, codified martial arts uh, have their origins um, more like according to historical research in the 18th, 19th 20th centuries. So can you, can you expand um, what you mean by codified martial arts? Are you talking about martial arts that become kind of sellable systems like karate or taekwondo or something like that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like what, whatever um, whatever you think of when you think of martial arts, whatever, whatever uh, system. Style or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that, that those things didn't really come in, into being uh, as we understand them today 
at least according to, to what I've been reading and, and, and hearing. Sure. Uh, and, if, and if people want to explore this, there's, there's a martial arts studies podcast, which, um, uh, which, you know, constantly talks about these things. And, hmm. um, so the, anyway, yeah, they, you know, so they're, they're late developed, but what's interesting is they all claim ancient roots. Yeah. They'll all point to ancient, you know, like Taoism or you know, I come out of a Buddhist tradition. I'm, um, you know, this is, um, this is very, you know, this this stretches back to the medieval era. It's, you know, it's a common 19th century trope yeah. to say that that your whatever it is you're doing is is ancient, you know, and it extends to nationalism as well. Like nations hmm. are very real things, but they'll all say that they've existed since the Middle Ages or longer. Sure, it's it's something that modern people do. Yeah. Um, we, we invent traditions in order to justify our modern practice. Why do you think that's, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because the pace of the world, I mean, we'll get into this in a little bit. You talk yeah, a bit yeah. about Sistema as a reaction to modernity and this constant yeah. need to kind of like turn back the clock a bit into an era when things were rosier and better. Do you think that's what it is that people just feel like modern life is running away from them and they, they want to practice something, but they don't want to practice the new next best thing. They want to practice something grounded in ancient traditions because it feels somehow more, concrete or more real that's possible i mean i i couldn't uh, i i what there is maybe there's two answers to that one there there's always been a romanticism regarding the medieval era or the ancient you know like think about king arthur myths and that sort of thing you know and, and how often we return to that and whether or not it has anything to do with the um the the pace of modern life i i think that i think that people are looking uh, for for lineages because they want to uh, create an identity for themselves, mm. um, and uh, and then the other reason people might do it is is just um, what scholars refer to as as Orientalism. Uh, this this notion of of you know the West is letting me down. I'm going to look to the East, the mm. pure, unsullied, unchanging, uh, you know, ancient East. As if it were one thing, as if it weren't changing, and and if and if itself didn't have a history, yeah. Um, and uh, and then they they go there looking for you know an identity. I, I think it's always about identity building. I guess maybe that's where I, I come down on this. Gotcha. Um, so would we, you maybe compare yeah. that with the similar the, the the appetite for yoga and things like that? So you, you just Indeed. it's mysterious. It's oriental. You should try it. You know, <laughs> there's a different kind of type of person that goes for yoga versus say CrossFit or something like that. Yes. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and historians have, have long recognized the, the Orientalist impulse behind, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the quest for yoga or, or the quest for certain martial arts. Yeah. And it's a, it's a legitimate um, uh, desire. You know, it's, I, I understand the need, mm. but, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I, because, you know, Sistema is, it's Russia, you know, it, it, like individuals come to this. One of the reasons they might come to this is this Orientalist yeah. desire mm. uh, to 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 get back to the roots of ancient Russia, mysterious, ancient, unchanging Russia. Yeah. Um, and and as an intellectual and an historian, I find that very difficult. And, and one of the impulses I've always had throughout my life is to destroy myth mm. uh, and 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 look at things and and break them you know and i 
getting back to the the quote early on from Marcus Aurelius uh, mm. that I close out my introduction with, this is very meaningful for me. You know, latching onto things and piercing through them, so they so we see what they really are. Okay. Um, so I don't so want question. to. Sorry, yeah. you I just don't want to overvalue anything in life. Okay. Uh, and and you know, maybe that's nihilistic, but but not necessarily. In in some ways, that's actually in in alignment with uh, what Vladimir and Mikhail will tell you is that don't be a fanatic about anything, including Sistema. You know, <laughs> that seems to be lost on some people, but you know, that's that's one of the things that they say. So it's a, that's an interesting confluence like between those. But but something that I would I would ask is it is it really an either or proposition to say that something has ancient roots and traditions and that it was created created or like formed as a codified system in modern times so if you take something like aikido which i practiced for many years before i um practiced sistema and you know i lived in japan and lived the life and put on the suit and all of the stuff right um and i i kind of accepted that aikido had been essentially created in about 1950 you know by <laughs> yoshiba who studied jiu-jitsu before that daitoryu jiu-jitsu and older styles and things like that and the roots of jiu-jitsu went back to kind of traditional times and in some ways you can kind of see that carrying through and that some of the techniques aren't even practical anymore they're just you know they're based on big movements and people with swords and sticks and weapons that aren't really in circulation anymore and and like kind of designed for a time in which they, they're no longer relevant like some of those movements anyway um so in some ways like the 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 tradition and the the kind of pomp and the circumstance around it kind of validates that it's carrying something through from an earlier age kind of that way right and and you're like okay well it has that root but it's also evolved it's turning into something else and i never had a real i never really had a problem resolving those two things in my head i was quite happy having those two ideas existing at the same time this has old roots and some aspects of it are dated um but at the same time it's adapting to a, a new context in the world and it's and it's adapted to you know education in japan and all kinds of other things like that and karate as well is largely you know popularized and codified by funakoshi who you know pushed it forward as a as a way of education educating the mind and the public you know in, not as a pure self-defense system and so was judo under jiro kano right so all of these people codified them in order to get an older system to do something but does does it take away from it to say that it that it does both that it, this thing has old roots but we're using it for something else now or we've or we've slapped some borders on it as you would a nation and we've called it something else i mean russia has older roots in older nations but it is a nation now so you can say that the nation of russia has older roots and you can say that the nation of you know, United Kingdom or England has older roots, but it, they didn't exist forever, but the roots were there, right? Yeah, everything has a history, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, like, uh, what's the joke? In order to make an apple pie, you must first create the universe. Um, the So, yeah, you can always go further back, but <laughs> if at a certain point, maybe we'll use this analogy, um, it's, it's flawed because it refers to evolution, but the... You know, let's say you got a cat, you got a cat, and then slowly over time, it's transforming into a dog. Mm-hmm. At some point, it suddenly becomes a dog. You know, it's no longer a cat anymore. Um, no, I know that evolution doesn't work like that at all. But sure, that's more uh, about but, the uh, arbitrary <laughs> labels of, <laughs> of yeah, of, yeah, of, of uh, but you, people who work in cladistics. But yeah, you take my my point though. Like like mm-hmm. it it. So let's use so if Sistema mm-hmm. was a medieval martial art. So we have historians who study. And uh, medieval martial arts, they, they look, there is plenty, not plenty, but there's a good amount of evidence, hmm. uh, illustrated evidence, written evidence regarding what a medieval martial art looks like. Yeah. It, it, and, and just in, not in just in the West, but in, in you know, the so-called East. Yeah. Um, 
And it looks like horseback riding. It looks like archery. It looks like sword play. Mm-hmm. It looks like staff use. And it has a limited amount of wrestling and striking. Yeah. And, and it has very specific, it has sort of exercises attached to it. Mm-hmm. And Sistema doesn't look anything like that. Um, to my eye, anyway. And so, what would what's the value of calling it a, a medieval martial art? Um, no, which they don't. You know, don't get me wrong. No one's no one's saying that. Uh, you know, the current practice is exactly medieval. But if we don't do anything like the medievals used to do, mm-hmm. then then where do we get the things that we currently do? And we, and we get them out of military culture. Uh, we get them out of counter terror training methods of, of, of striking and emotion work. Um, and, and we get it from a movement culture that emerged in the 19th century in response to concerns about the pace of modernity. Um, so I think, you know, whatever you can say about Aikido or any other practice, I think that, Sistema is um, more easily said, to my mind, to be explicitly modern. Uh, so you and, feel like it's, it's evolved far away enough from those roots, if um, insofar as you can draw those roots. Let's say that yeah. it, let's say for the sake of argument that it derives from um, older Slavic martial arts, which some of which still exist if you go about them, you know, with sword play and yeah. star fighting and back wrestling and all of those different kinds of things. But it's evolved far away far enough away from those in the practice that people don't study with swords typically. Although there seems to have been a resurgence in that lately and Mikhail's teaching a lot about how yeah. an understanding of the sword and using Shaska and stuff can help you to understand how to use your body in the same way as they do that in Aikido. It's kind of like a triangle of learning weapons in order to learn how to use your body and stuff. But it's um, but what you're saying is that most of what we consider Sistema, you feel like, is the result of a post-19th century, post-military intervention and that most of what people value in Sistema and see as unique is not really a direct consequence of old Slavic Cossack arts and that might be where it may be originated in the sense that everything has a history um, but most of what you feel like is useful and differential about Sistema is more modern is that fair to say? What you say? Yeah I, I do I think I think it used to be a cat and now it's a dog okay um, mm-hmm. yeah and I'm just going to keep hammering that that very weak analogy into the ground <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um, you know, and you see it also in in this emphasis upon uh, hesychism in in uh, Orthodox Christian Orthodox breath centered prayer. Yeah, can you like explain even, a bit about that? You you talk a lot about that sure. in the book, but it's not something that I was familiar with as a whole concept before I read the book. So um, presumably a lot yeah. of other people weren't either. So, um, uh, uh, Mr. Riabko, um, Mike, Michael, I feel weird using their first names. I don't know these men. Um, <laughs> They, you know, they'll they will teach to pray with your breathing, and 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 on their website, or, or at least the HQ website, um, the or and and in some areas of the uh, of Rayabko's uh, website that is translated by Google, mm-hmm. um, you know, you'll get a, a, an explicit connection to uh, Christian monastic literature, yeah. um, and and. The, the the Orthodox Christian monastics uh, generally the, the, I don't know I'm having troubles generalizing here but let's say the specific one I'll say that the specific ones that they point to such as Theophan the recluse hmm. um, are are deeply connected to this concept of breath-centered prayer hmm. and 
and and this concept of breath-centered prayer and its and its dissemination into uh, um, Orthodox Christianity didn't occur until the 14th or 15th century, mm-hmm. and would not become popularly accessible in Russia until the 19th century, specifically through the translation efforts of Theophan the Recluse, mm. um, and and a text called the Way of the Pilgrim, which popularized um, and and you know was I understand. Uh, very popular at that time, so like literally popularized it. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't have existed in, in the Russian imagination prior to that date, except among monks, mm-hmm. uh, and not warrior monks, just monks, people at, at Mount Athos in Greece. Yeah. Um, and so, so that too leads me to believe that we're looking at at a at a much later date for for the the origin of of what we're we're doing today. Yeah. And I guess one more thing that you know, like you had sort of asked, like, does it invalidate anything? Hmm. No, I don't care. I don't care if Sistema was made yesterday. Hmm. Um, it, it, you know, the things that we do have efficacy and value, hmm. uh, regardless of, of where they come from. But it's still, you know, if we're going to know ourselves, let's know ourselves. Let, hmm. Let's really look at it. Um, so anyway, that's that's where I come down on it. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, one more proviso, though. I don't speak Russian, and I and I want to I want to make this quite clear to everyone. I don't speak Russian. I can't read Russian sources. Yeah, I am hypothesizing mm. based upon uh, reading historians of Russia and uh, and from my own knowledge mm-hmm. of history. Um, and and you know, and I cite sources and that sort of thing. But this is this is uh, this is conjecture. Yeah. Um, and anyone with greater skills than myself who can prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'd happily be proven wrong, but uh, but this is this is what I these are the conclusions that I've come to. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. that's um, and that's what academics do, right? If they're if they're yeah genuinely uh, intending to be objective, sounds a good thing. And maybe somebody listening to this is a you know sc- a scholar of Russian literature and and is as deeply in interested in it, well. and they might want to come on and, and and talk about it from their point of view as well. But yeah, so if you're listening to this and you and you have been looking at the same sources and you'd like to discuss them, then let me know. Maybe we can get all three of us back on again to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, um, so one of the other um, chapters that um, I found kind of interesting was this comparison of Sistema as a martial art as opposed to a different type of art, um, whether it's a performance art or an art just based in pure creativity. I thought this was an interesting, um, an interesting argument to throw up um, or discussion to have because there's this idea that a martial art has to be combative, and this is almost exactly the same thing that motivates people who troll the bullshito boards all day long right they're like if it's not martial if it's not real combat then it's not a real martial art and they go on and on about it and um yeah. in Sistema, it seems to me it's on on the one hand there's this aspect that training systema builds an operating system in your body that typically will make you adaptable in a in a way uh, adaptable difficult to injure you know kind of um malleable in in your movements and unpredictable in such a way that it will increase your chances of surviving and prevailing in a fight. And it's interesting that, that those choices of words come out, I think. Very rarely do like Michael or Vladimir or Emmanuel talk about winning, right? <laughs> a lot of the time. They're like it's it's kind of the adage of like, you know, the the fight you win is the one that you walk away from, kind of that kind of idea. Or that you can live another day and protect your family or do whatever you're gonna do. Um so there's this idea that it builds a set of attributes that make it more likely that you'll prevail in combat. Not that we're giving you this peerless combat system that you learn all the cutters and the movements from, and then that will make you a killing machine, right? So I think that's quite interesting in the way that 
system of hedges in a sense, right? And and it also increasingly, particularly over the time that I've been training, focuses more now under Michael and Vladimir on the non-combative benefits of it, right? That it's it's a system that will, if you train it this way, will serve you in survival and in self-defense, but will also serve you in so many other ways, like uh, enable you to just not injure yourself when you're running or doing Olympic rings, for example, or any yes. number of other things like that, right? So it's um so there's this kind of spread betting about what Sistema is for. And and from my mind, that's that's one place where its value really lies. Um, but in that chapter, you seem to kind of pull it apart a little bit and look at the aspects of Sistema and kind of compare it and contrast it with some other martial arts um, like Krav Maga or like, um, you know, Jiu-Jitsu or something like that and and talk about kind of the ritual of practice and how a lot of the reason why anybody practices any martial art is to kind of go through this rehearsal of like a ritual that makes you feel better. We all put on the outfits, we all bow in and say the words and, you know, um, fight or like spar or play under these specific constraints and that all of that is necessarily removing things from kind of like a combative arc. Can you um, talk a little bit more about that for us? Yeah. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to reify the concept of violence. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it as if it's like a thing. Mm -hmm. And if we, if any martial art truly engaged with violence, people would die and there would be no training. And so you know, every martial art finds a way to um, engage with, at a distance with the concept of violence. Sure. Yeah. And and not only that, with the with the concept of danger and threat. Um, you know, with with Krav Maga, you're you know, it it comes out of the Israeli context, and it's you know you're worried about terrorists. You, mm. You're you're afraid. Um, and 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 uh, and so you're ultra aggressive, you know, and, and they, they put themselves in, you know, anthropologists who, who follow Krav Maga practice, you know, they'll, they'll, it's all about the, um, exploration of intensities. They'll put themselves in, uh, in really tricky situations and then, and then find a way to just be extremely aggressive in overcoming those tricky situations. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know what's these, and you know, Sistema also is interested in in tricky situations, let's say as well, and within variations of intensity. Mm -hmm. um, but but finding relaxation in that, yeah. um, that doesn't get at your question though. Um, oh, okay. The because we can't really deal with violence, we we tell a story about what violence is. There, maybe that's that's how I'm going to get at answering this question. Hmm. And uh, and we. So when we go into our martial arts practice, we, go, we enter into a story about what this all means, mm -hmm. what it all means. And, and with Sistema, you know, like, what does this mean about the family? What does this mean about the nation? Mm -hmm. What does this mean about what violence is and what threat is? And what does this mean about what I am? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, any particular martial arts practice is going to have answers to all those questions, yeah. even if it's even if it's you know like uh, mixed martial arts, you have you know like what even if it's you know gladiator arts, hmm. um, you're going to have answers to all those questions, hmm. and and I think that's some of the stuff I was trying to tease out because I agree with you about what you've said about the founders' um, representations of Sistema. Like I don't, I think in the early days it was a little more hyperbolic about what it could do for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and over time, it, 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 
it says exactly what you said. You know, it's going to make a, a body that can take some damage, a mind that can stay calm, and and give you some tools to to handle whatever comes, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and that's, that seems to be true. And I and that's that's one of the things I value most of not most, but one of the if I had to create a top ten list, I guess uh, that that would be one of the reasons. Um, but uh, what's less talked about or less explicitly mentioned is these stories. Mm. Uh, that the the story that that Sistema is is telling. To all our listeners and Sistema fans around the world, NC Sistema have moved all of our regular classes online, live streaming group classes via Zoom most days at 6:30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time, plus daytime classes on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Sundays. Please consider this an open invitation for you and your students to join us for the duration of COVID, to come together online, and to keep our skills and our groups alive. Payment is on a sliding scale relative to where you're at and what you can afford. Visit ncsystema.com slash online to sign up today. Join us. But, so why do, you, why do you feel like it's it's paramount to explore those narratives? Is it because you feel like um, if people are applying certain types of restrictions on their training and then they experience violence that in a, in a way those stories could be deluding them over time and then they could get a shock? Because, I mean, that's certainly true pretty much of all martial arts as far as I can tell. Like Even if you practice something which you purport to be about as close to a real one-to-one street fight, let's say. Let's leave out the um, the idea of fighting in a war or fighting you know, mortal combat and things like that, but a monkey fight between two people, which is over status or ego or something like that, and which will probably end with an arrest or just the friends pulling you off or something like that. If, if it's one of those, then people will often say, oh, MMA or Muay Thai or BJJ is the way to go because you're practicing actually scrapping as hard as you possibly can. But then you know, you're wearing pads in the sense of Muay Thai so you don't break your knuckles if you hit somebody's elbow or something like that. And in MMA and in um, in jiu-jitsu, they have weight classes, right? So that you don't fight somebody who's too much bigger than you, so you don't have too much of a you know, disadvantage and things like that. So there's always ways in which we limit um, the the narrative in order to feel like we're, we're making progress in whatever it's going to be, right? Um, so is it that you're concerned that the story that's being told from Sistema might be overshooting sort of saying this prepares you for absolutely anything all you have to do is train and then you'll be a you know you'll be a killing machine you don't have to worry about fighting anybody else because you'll be great and that kind of stuff do you feel like it's you're worried about the overselling of the potential or is it something else no it's something else i'm not you know training with a manual uh he's never represented system in that fashion you know like if sure. if you know like we'll do knife work and and he'll borrow a quote from uh, another system instructor and we'll just like guys we're not fighting terrorists today yeah we're learning you know we're, we're practicing martial arts with mm. a knife yeah um and and that you know that seems to me the register at which systema is is presented and and um that's great so i'm not i don't like if if someone's foolish enough to get into a fight and think they're invincible i don't have a cure for that you right. know <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> those, those, those people are those people are you know goodbye um yeah the what i'm uh, and it's not really this is a concern for myself um you know again this this book being for me yeah the i want to know what story i'm in you know, I think that's an important part, and I and I've said this already. I think it's an important part of knowing yourself, mm. uh, because I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't think that you can, you can really, truly know yourself, but you can, 
get try to come to grips as much as possible with with the external forces which are battering you about and one of those external forces is the story that you you step into um and and so if i'm if there is um how about this if systema is an operating system mm-hmm. i'm curious about how that operating system is can be hacked Hmm. Um, cause an, or, or, or what, what biases exist within that operating system? Because an operating system in a computer is not a neutral thing. Yeah. It, it constrains you know, like, like, yeah, sure. You can process things more efficiently. You can, you know, run programs that you couldn't run before. Great. Hmm. But you, you know, you're also, you're going to need a patch from time to time. Yeah. Uh, because vulnerabilities are going to emerge. And, and one of the things that, that drove me in this book is like, where do we need to patch? Hmm. Um, or, 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 you know, so if there is uh, a nationalist streak uh, or, or theme or, or circuit board, you hmm. know, in this, not circuit board in an operating system, I don't know, algorithm, um, then I want to know that because hmm. that, that concerns me as, as a human on planet Earth. Yeah. Um, and and uh, just point it out, you know? This, yeah. this is just something that I see. And so those chapters, uh, chapter five and six, where, where these issues are explored in detail, hmm. is is my attempt to is to just just tell see to show the story that I see hmm. and and how we participate in, in the, the story that, gotcha. that is Sistema. OK, the, the, the wider narrative, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there was one other, um, there was a couple of bits. I mean, I found myself like reading the book and in some bits kind of nodding and smiling and being like, oh, and particularly in the bits in the discussions about the traditions and the origins. And it, it filled in um, particularly that part and probably no accident given that you're a scholar of history, right? <laughs> that's your specialty. That's that's where you really shine, you know? Um, those parts really kind of elucidated things for me. And for me, it didn't really take anything away. My question about like, why did you feel the need to differentiate between ancient and modern? It, it wasn't a challenge. It's a, it's something that I think maybe floats in the back of a lot of people's minds. And even in the redefinition in recent times, there was, I think it was about three or four years ago, um, Mikhail and Daniel Biabko started talking about new school Sistema versus old school. It's, it's kind of petered out a little bit, and you don't hear him talking about it quite so much anymore. But it was only after that that they started talking about Sistema as an ancient martial art, and I'm really pushing that forward. And I think that was almost as a reaction to the... the I mean, and I might be wrong, it might be a reaction to what you talked about earlier on in this class of materials or engagements that are from people who trained Sistema for a little while and then took it away and then made their own systems, you know, and said that this is super modern. This is like Sistema only better, or this is the real one <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think they were kind of like, look, if you remove yourself from the context of this training and, and the roots of this training and where it comes from, you're going to lose fundamental aspects of what it is we're trying to do here. You might learn how to fight. You might learn how to punch people in the face. But if you want to do that, you can box or you can you know, you can do, learn any number of ways of being good at punching people in the face. But you, you'll lose something about the intrinsic core of what we're trying to do. And it, it seemed to me that that was the reaction that came and that, that need to rebrand or redefine what Sistema is as kind of like a as a through thread, you know, as some, like based on some of these principles. And obviously... Um, Mikhail and 
um, Vladimir are very devout, uh, as many um, of the senior instructors are as well. And so for them, it's intrinsically tied, I think, to their to their faith. Um, and there are instructors of other faiths and, you know, instructors of no faith and, and they all train. And in my experience, there's, ne there's never really been any kind of harassment about that or any downplaying or ostracism of people who aren't converting to Orthodox Christianity or something like that. It's, everybody's been yeah. pretty inclusive for the most part, apart from kind of like a radical fringe that you'll get everywhere, right? Pretty much, I find. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so it's so to them, maybe it does tie back to monastic traditions in a way that you know that, that they emphasize a lot more. Um, but to other people, we we care more about the in in some ways. Like, what what can we do with this? Almost like if we accept this as a philosophy, what can be done with it? In the same way that people now are revisiting the Stoics or revisiting right other forms of philosophy, to in order to try and make sense of the world, because like a lot of modern philosophies don't seem to be helping, you know, <laughs> or just the psychology and the cognitive behavioral science that's come to replace philosophical reflection is still seemingly leaving gaps in meaning that people are having trouble creating. So I th I think for me that that chapter was interesting because it kind of it highlighted the balance between those two things and what's happening with it. Um, but there was another part in the book, which, um, which kind of, it, it seemed to kind of stick out. I can't remember which chapter it was in, but I remember the quote when you talked about that as a way of life, you felt like Sistema could be hostile to intellect. And that's certainly not been my experience at all. I mean, I might be biased given that I'm a yeah. podcast host on a, on, <laughs> on a web, yeah, on a podcast who's been talking to academics and people who are interested in Sistema as a, you know, as a way of inquiring what's going on with the body and a way of, you know, embodying cognition and a way of creating meaning through, through a moving philosophy and all those things. I find it endlessly fascinating. I, I tend to subscribe to, you know, uh, Maxime Fran's old quote of like the, the great thing about Sistema is that it's so huge. And the bad thing about Sistema is that it's so huge, right? It, it purports to encompass a lot and you can really go deep and make a lifetime of study of it. So for me, it's been in no way hostile to intellect. But so in what way do you feel that's true for you? Well, I don't clearly, I wrote a book, right? You know, so it's that like the, the second, you know, the, the, what I say after that is yeah. that it doesn't, not necessarily hostile to intellect, but it can be if you're not careful. Hmm. Um, so, so that was in chapter four um, okay. with respect to like the meaning of of knowing yourself and the practice of knowing yourself in Sistema, hmm. and and whether or not you subscribe to uh, Orthodox Christian monasticism, hmm. it it doesn't. It's not. It's not because it's a Christian art that it, that I feel that it's hostile to intellect. I want to I want to put that out there. This ain't Christian bashing. Mm -hmm. um, but in a meditative art, in an art in which the goal is above all else to control your emotions and uh, to to empty yourself of being uh, to the to the fullest extent possible. There's not much room for thought in there, you know, like like you, you're actively like how often do you hear and, you know, you're thinking too much while you work. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're going to work, do the work, think about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, there's something about the the let's call it and call it an aesthetic uh, uh, ascetic procedure rather mm -hmm. than a, than than monastic. So, well, let's get the religious bits out of it. Okay. Although I do think it still emerges out of religious bits, but mm -hmm. the ascetic practice um, is uh, an explicit attempt to empty yourself of thought 
and to um, in, in and to access intuition. Yeah. Um, and this is actually something that that didn't make it into the. I've got I at the, in the conclusion I talk about two chapters that didn't make it. Yeah. Um, you know, and and one of them would have been about intuition. Um, and I think about uh, is it, how's his last name? Canahan? Canahan? Uh, Daniel Canahan. Fast. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thinking I, I just, uh, fast and slow. Just He's interviewed the, his his Nobel Prize winning. Um, research partner's wife um, last week, Barbara Tversky. Amos Tversky was right, right, uh, his right. co-author. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not listened to that yet. So it's a good one. If, if, anything, good one. if anything said in that that contradicts what I'm about to say, mm. uh, I'll have pie on my face. That's fine. <laughs> um, but we've got, okay, so there's the two systems of, that, that operate. Uh, they, they, in that book, they, it posits that, you know, there's two systems to thought. Yeah. Uh, system one, which is based on associative memory, mm-hmm. and system two, which is able to sort of like alter system one. Uh, on on a meta level, mm-hmm. um, and and what has always jumped out to me is uh, so if we want in Sistema to empty ourselves of being, for the purpose of accessing intuition, then it, this quote always comes to mind: uh, good mood, intuition, creativity, gullibility, and increased reliance on System One form a cluster, and then sadness, vigilance, suspicion, and analy- analytic approach, and increased effort also go together hmm. there is you know within this desire among us to access intuition hmm. uh, the the threat of gullibility um we become lazy with respect to thought hmm. and and we 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 may come to accept things that either aren't true or are um incomplete in in their consideration uh, and and so I think that there's a you know I, I'm not I'm not downplaying the virtues of intuitive thought. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, it we can we can do really amazing things and come to amazing conclusions. But we also can't go to the moon with intuitive thought. Um, and and uh, you know we we ought to be suspicious and sometimes sad. You know, like there's <laughs> some something those things have value and Sistema does not value those things. Um, it explicitly, you know, it's all about eliminating fear for the purpose of happiness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's concerning for me. It's, it, it's like, I'm just saying that the operating system has a, a back door that can be hacked in the form of, of potential gullibility, mm-hmm. um, or, or incomplete thought. Do you not think that's true of any tradition that tries to value intuition and feeling over other aspects of identifying with thought. I mean, could you not say the same thing about Buddhist um, ascetic traditions of meditation or Zen or other things? Like, do you feel like they're all gullible in that way? Um, well, ah, oh, man, use the word gullible. You know, like I'm not saying they're stupid, but but um, no, uh, but I did. Let's say, let's say gullible, a subject you know, like, subject to gullibility as a as a side effect yeah, or an emergent property. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. And, and yes, you know, one of the reasons that that I so it was it came from reading uh, a criticism of, of Zen Buddhism by a, a longtime practitioner practitioner mm-hmm. who's also um, uh, an, an academic. Um, and what is Buddhist enlightenment is the name of the book. Mm. And, you know, when when you. So the Zen, you know, like Zen priests. Encouraged World War Two. You know, like that's I guess that's really what I'm thinking of, you know, and I, I don't know if Sistema 
for all of its talk of peace and inner tranquility, I'm not certain that it wouldn't maybe do the same thing uh, in, in some sense, you know, like, like it, it's, it's emphasis upon the nation and um, any, any of these traditions uh, emphasis upon a national identity mm. um, and obedience mm. are dangerous. Mm. Um, and, and for myself, given my subject position, given my, you know, like what, what it seems to me is true in the world, mm. I just want to say that that's concerning. I'm not saying that, that, you know, it's an, it's a present and active danger. Sure. Um, it, it's, I just, it strikes me as a vulnerability, mm. uh, and that, that I, um, I just felt I wanted to come to grips with, and, gotcha. and that's what that, that's one of the, that too is one of the goals of, of this book. It's a thread that weaves in and out the various chapters. Yeah, that that actually makes a lot more sense now you've explained it that way in that context. Um, if it's a vulnerability that you saw in parallel to other systems that value intuition and um, devalue overthinking and analyzing things in the same way, then it, it concerned you as an academic or somebody who looks at these systems and how they can play out over time. And you just wanted to resolve that in your head and just to know that you weren't buying into something that might be leading you down a wrong tunnel. And if the book is you know, predominantly for you and your own meditations on Sistema, that, that kind of makes sense. I guess when it's presented as a book, the act of writing a book is usually, as opposed to like writing a thesis and just handing it to your PhD supervisor or something, right? <laughs> when somebody else is just kind of grading you on how accurate you were or whether or not your, you know, your conclusions follow from the premises and the citations that you have. Instead, it's, it's, it's almost by default then for everybody's consumption in a sense. And, and I guess the, um, I spoke, I spoke to a couple of other instructors who had who had read it, um, um, had read the okay. book, and sort of said, uh, "You know, what were your feelings on it?" And and the the prevailing feeling seemed to be, it was interesting, but I wasn't quite sure where he was going with it. Like, what was what was the point? What did he want us to get from this? You know, it's, it seemed like he was really happy with some aspects of Sistema and really unhappy with others. He was deeply suspicious of some, and yet he understood the benefits and was grateful for the things that he got from others. And it, it was kind of difficult to kind of get your take. But having spoken to you now, it it seems. That makes sense because that's kind of that's your headspace. That's how you feel about it, right? <laughs> you are at yeah. once suspe suspicious and grateful, at once kind of um, appreciative of where it comes from, and also kind of and you're you're keeping kind of you're, you're keeping an objective distance from the style and the methodology in a sense, so that you can not be subsumed by it in the way that probably you don't want to be subsumed by anything. Is that fair to say? That's very uh, fair to say. Um, yeah. You know, and, it, and it's a it's a quixotic quest. Mm. Uh, to, to not be subsumed by things, you know, I fail constantly, yeah. um, as, as we all do. Mm. Um, but, but I, I believe in, there's a value to the struggle, yeah. um, over and above anything else. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks very much, Ben. I mean, I, I mean, if there's anything else that you feel like um, we haven't talked about on the book, um, and if people do want to, if do people do want to read the book, where would they get hold of it? Have you made it available with an ISBN and on Amazon and all that kind of stuff, or is it just kind of um, um, it's short sales? It's just on it's just on Amazon. Um, yeah, you know, I, I you know like I'm 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 proud of the work, but I also only see the, its flaws. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. No, no one should read this book. But if anyone's curious, it's there. Um, you know, yeah. you, if we're on Amazon or Kindle Unlimited or whatever, it's it's available there. Gotcha. Um, some people access it there. Okay. Um, do, do you have yeah, any I, any closing I, thoughts? Is there anything that you wanted to put on? I mean, you like you said, you referenced yeah. in the book that 
that there was a couple of chapters and intuition being one of them that never made the final cut because you at some point you just have to be like look let's just finish this thing and i understand that sort of mostly, also as well mostly, mostly yeah. because of covid you know yeah. like i had i had intentions of of publishing uh a, i had the, you know the chapters are almost written like they're yeah. they're they're there but um you know i'm i'm home with my son yeah uh anyway it's just busy so i was like okay i'll just deal with those things later what i wanted to say yeah uh well one i want to thank emmanuel um he's you know this this book features him quite a bit hmm. and uh you know and i know that he doesn't agree with everything that i said um hmm. but he's always been extremely gracious in accepting difference yeah uh and so thank you very much mm-hmm. and um yeah, I just want to – I don't mean any offense from this book. I'm not out to attack Sistema, but I'm also at the same time not trying to sell Sistema. Yeah. I just wanted to provide my thoughts. And okay. uh, if, if anyone whom I've quoted in this book is offended um, and uh, you know, is, is troubled by their inclusion, um, you know, please let me know. I don't want any trouble. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that's, that's one of the dangers of – of writing a book about people that are still alive. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Not normally so, the danger of historians. Normally you're safe from that particular attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can and, say what you want to the, about Marcus Aurelius. It's fine. He's gone. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but one of the things that I did in order to mitigate uh, those dangers is like, I, I, I cite, I've already said this, but I mean, like it's, I, I, I collected an archive of material published openly, publicly available. Mm-hmm. And I worked explicitly with those things. Yeah. Because um, I thought that was the fairest thing to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, nonetheless, feelings are feelings. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to say that. Great. Brilliant. Well, th- well thanks very much for, for doing the work and writing the book. And if anybody does want to um, give it a whirl, I'd, I'd, it's, it's definitely it's a, it's a meditation, right? It's an interesting ramble um, through a person's journey. Jam- personal journey for me it reads more like kind of almost like a travel log you know like somebody taking a motorcycle journey across asia or something it's it's kind of there's the good there's the bad there's the opinion and there's the things that you can state as fact and there's kind of everything rolled in together and certainly as an academic work it's very very interesting well i appreciate that thank you very much great thanks very much for your time james and uh, i hope to uh, catch up with you in better times when we're away from covid and have the ability to heal from shoulder injuries and train back up at fight club again <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) all right thank you very much take care thanks for listening if you'd like to find out more about classes workshops and seminars at nc systema please visit us online at www.ncsystema.com